Did you come to hear the word today? Amen. Now this message, this message is a wonderful message. But it's better preached if I hear an amen once in a while. And not only that, just a few more than those that you just said will shorten the message. Twenty percent of all fatal accidents happen in cars. Twenty percent happen in cars. So I want to encourage you, if you have a car, park it. Don't use it. Seventeen percent of all accidents happen at home. Don't go home. Stay away from home. Sixteen percent of all accidents happen in boats, trains, and planes. If you have a boat, go sell it. If you have a plane, go sell it. I don't want you to get hurt because you have a boat, train, or a plane. 15% of all accidents happen to pedestrians. So those of you that walk, stop it. I don't want you hurt. I don't want you killed. I don't want you to have an accident after you go to the ER. And all those places are dangerous. But I want to tell you, the safest place in the world, I know you want to know. Here it is. Only one one thousandth. Only one one thousandth of one percent of all accidents happen in worship service. You are thus at the safest place in all the world right here in worship. Aren't you glad? So you see, you think the car, the walking, the plane, train. No, it's in the house of God. Therefore, I invite all of you who are out there online and you could be here. Safest place in the world is right here. Say amen, everybody. Here we go now. Matthew, Mark, and John. You know, when you say that, you want to say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, don't you? Have to be careful. Matthew, Mark, and John record this miracle of Jesus, uh, well, of, of the miracle of walking on the water. Now, I want to get into that. It's late at night. Jesus intentionally sends these disciples on a boat to go over to a place that is Bethsaida. He said, I want you to go. It's two hours to row north up the coast there to get the Bethsaida. Now, when he does that, He's going up the mountain to pray. Now, let me give you the, the background. That is the same day that Jesus took the fish and the loaves, and he broke it, and he multiplied it. And he multiplied There were 5,000 people, men there, it says. There had to be over 15,000 women and children, we could easily say. But the bottom line is, that was the day that he did that. So they do that miracle, etc. And then Jesus said, and, and when he did that miracle, everybody wanted to see him overthrow the Roman Empire. Everyone wanted to see him in a position of power. And so it was, he said, I'm not into that. That's not my time yet. So he said, here's what I want to do. He said, you disciples, go ahead and go get in your boat. He dismissed the crowd and said, everybody get lost. I'm going to the mountain and I'm going to pray. And that's where he went. And he stayed there and he told the disciples, listen, don't worry, I'll see you later. So here's the text, Mark 6, 45. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get in the boat, going ahead of him in the Bethsaida. 
While he dismissed the crowd, after leaving them, he went up alone on the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Go north. This was no little storm. This storm was like hurricane force. This force, this storm was like, like a tsunami. Jesus looked out and he saw them straining as a result of it. We carry on further in the text. The Bible is the basis, Mark 6, 48. And about the fourth watch of the night, that would be 3 to 6 a.m., Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because all they saw, what they were terrified, immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then Jesus climbed. He climbed into the boat with them. And the wind died down. And they were completely amazed for they had not understood. Here's the text why we had to go through this storm. They, they, they did not understand about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. Their hearts were hardened. You see, he said, they didn't catch the lesson when I multiplied the fish. They didn't catch that, my disciples. So I'm going to put them through another test, which causes me to say to you, be careful how you view every event that takes place in your life that you believe, wow, God is up to something. What do you do when you feel like? What would they do, these disciples, when they felt like that their life was over? Here's, here's point number one. What emotion? Some of the symptoms that you know. I'm going down. Here it is. I know I'm sinking when I cannot see my way. It says, by now it was dark. You know what the Scripture declares if you study care? It said they could not see their hand in front of their face. There was no moon. The skies were black and dark. The wind was blowing. Number two, I'm sinking when I feel like I'm on my own. I'm lonely. There's nobody here to help me. I'm all by myself. God, where did you go? I feel like you, you're not touching me now. I feel like my prayers are not are not being answered in John's gospel 6 17 it says Jesus had not yet joined them number three it says when I'm out of my comfort zone I know I'm sinking when I am uncomfortable I'm insecure God what am I going to do is this boat strong enough the lake was expansive the storm was great and they felt like wow I'm very, very uncomfortable. Number four, I know what I'm thinking when strong forces are against me. Do you know what? Sometimes we overlook the spiritual forces that are against you. Now, let me say this. You probably have more spiritual forces that are against you than you will have physical forces. It is the power of darkness that comes against you that you have the authority to speak in Jesus' name by saying, Satan, I rebuke you. You get behind me. I refuse to let you have influence in my life. And then let me say the devil works through people and he works through circumstances. And so we know that in this, the strong force of this storm is really, really rough. The Greek word used to describe that storm is mega. It comes from the Greek word megas is mega. It meant it is a mega gale that no ordinary person ought to be able to stand up to. Then I know that I'm sinking when I'm struggling in my life. I'm str I can't get a grip on what's happening. Mark 6, 48. They were in serious trouble. 
Serious trouble. They were in serious trouble. Say that with me. They were in serious trouble. How many of you have a room reserved for you in the hallway of trouble? Yep, that's my room right there. Serious trouble's got my name. I've been in trouble so much, that's my place right there. I'm in serious trouble every time I spin around. I'm rowing hard. I'm struggling against the winds and the waves. I don't know what to do. Boy, we've heard that more times than not with COVID-19. What is the next challenge that's going to take place? What plan? I can't plan on anything. We can't, we don't know face mask or not face mask. What's going on? I can't feel relaxed if we go out to eat somewhere. It's just seemed like a struggle, the difficulty that we face all the time. And you say, I can't really settle down. When will it ever get back like it used to? I'm not certain that it'll ever get back like it used to, my friend. So here's what we do. We know the struggle is there, but say, how do you deal with life? Is Jesus against me? Is this one more storm that I have to go through? Well, what can I count on when I say, okay, in spite of all of that, I'm going to look to Jesus. What can I count on? Number one, you can know. You can know that Jesus is always praying for you. Always praying for you. The Matthew 14, Jesus went up to the mountain praying for his disciples as he sent them into the storm. He planned the crisis in, avan in advance and he planned the miracle in advance. His goal was to teach them. Why? Because their hearts were hardened. I'm saying, God, what is it that you want to teach us? Or God, whatever I'm going through now, what is it that you want to teach us? God, as the circumstances, what is it you want to teach us right now? Because friend, spiritually, there's always something active taking place in your life. In life, most of the time, when you and I are going through problems and pressures and difficulties, sometimes it's out of disobedience. How many of you are obedient all the time? Only one hand that I saw obedient all the time. How many of you are disobedient more than you are obedient sometimes? I'm glad some of you raised your hand. If not, I'd have called you out. Sometimes disobedience puts us in the storm. Sometimes you're not doing the right thing and you know it puts you smack in a storm. But here's something else. Sometimes when you're being obedient, you still are in the storm. Sometimes you've done everything that you know you ought to do. God, I dot the I across the T. I've been a good boy. And, and, and this came on me. Well, you sound like Job. You have a right to sound like Job. Job had done, Job had done nothing wrong. And for a period of couple, in a period of just a couple days, he lost his family, his wealth, his kids, his health, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the Bible said that Job was a blameless man. But let me show you something you may not have noticed there in Job 19, verse 8. God has blocked my way and plunged my path into darkness. What? God has. Now we pray, Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and make me comfortable. God said, no, no. God, you said if I pray and I believe that you would withhold nothing from me. Now let me tell you the ultimate prayer. 
Lord, your will be done in my life and my family. When you pray that, how many mean it? Say amen. Your will be done. Not enough of you said amen. I'm worried now. God, my, your will be done, not my will. When you say that, what you're doing is giving up your sissy ways. You're giving up saying, God, I'd like to have it my way, and if I don't get it, I'm going to run into another room and cry like a big old baby. And you know what God is going to do? He's going to call the Depends company and said, come put one of those Depends on them, okay? They're acting like a baby. But when you pray that prayer, not my will, thy will be done, you're saying, God, I'm going to celebrate when it's not going well, and I'm going to celebrate especially when it does go well. I want you to know your will in my life is always for my good. It may not feel good. It may not look good. It may not, uh, it may not, may not be a circumstance that brings you the spiritual dance. But here's what will happen. God will take you through the storm in order to encourage your spiritual character so that he might use you in a dynamic way. And some of us are living below our spiritual potential because we're not willing to say, Lord, thy will be done. So, Lord, Job said, you blocked my way. I want to get married. I want to get married. I want to have a spouse. I want to have a family. Hasn't happened yet. There must be a reason that God has in mind. Or God, you know what? We want to have a baby. Must be a reason why God hasn't given that to you just yet. I want to go to school and get a larger degree, a higher degree. And maybe you've been struggling and said, every time I get a chance to enroll, it doesn't work out. Something. In other words, you may not understand why those things do not happen. But if you say, Lord, I took it to you. I laid it on the altar. I have prayed. I have fasted. And when you get ready for it to happen, it'll happen until then. I'm going to remain committed. Thank you for one amen. See, sometimes if you don't say amen when you should amen, amen, it lengthens the message. Y'all confused now. You don't know whether to say amen or not. <laughs> you see, what is the deal? I just want to live a joyful life for the Lord. How about you? You see, nothing catches God. God has never said, whoops, that caught me by surprise. God's never been disappointed. For him to be disappointed meant that he didn't know it was going to happen the way that it happened. But here's old Peter. Not long away from that time, what is Peter doing? He's bragging. Hey, I'll give my life for you, Jesus. You don't worry about it. I'm there with you. I'll stand strong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know what Jesus said in Luke twenty-two thirty-two? 32? Jesus said, Peter, I have prayed for you that you will not lose your faith. Help your brothers be strong when you come back to me. In other words, Peter, I've already prayed for you. I've already prayed. How do we know that? Here's what the Bible says, Romans 8, 34. Who, could, who, who condemns us? Not Jesus Christ who died and then was raised back to life and is now at the right side of God doing what? Interceding for you. Amen. This very moment, 
God knows what will happen in your life tomorrow, next week, and next month. And he's already praying over you. Already. No doubt about it. I'm interceding in the presence of my Father for you. When you're in a storm, he also notices your struggle. Nothing gets by him. He saw the disciples, they were, they were straining at the oars. I mean, they started out with a 10-foot oar. They've been rowing so long. They rowed for nine hours. They rowed the oars are down to six feet now. They already lost three feet on the end. They just, man, they keep breaking up. Nothing's, has that ever happened to you? I promise you it has. And then he sees, here it is, he sees every step I take. Every step I take. Sharon, if I go home and she's not there, somehow or another, she knows I've been home. I think she sets traps. And even when I try to say I'm going to be careful because she can't catch me if I came home. Darling, you never knew that. I'm confessing now. She still knows. When did you come home? Who said I came home? Because in the trash can in that bathroom, you had some gum and you threw the wrapper in that trash can. Now when I leave, I take all the trash bags out, <laughs> put new ones in. What am, what am I saying? And I wanted that to be humorous. There's not one step you take. You can get on your pedometer, you can get, and you can walk, and you can count your steps. Say, I'm going for 10,000 steps. But let me tell you something. Jesus knows every step. He knows where it's at and where you go. You're going through the storm. He comes in our moment of desperation. Where are you at? How come you didn't show up? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Where are you at? What? You didn't answer prayer. I mean, I'm giving it everything I got. Won't you give me a break sometime? Would you let me have just a little laxness once in a while? Nope. It's for your good. That's what my dad used to tell me every time he got ready to whip me. <laughs> Son, this is for, for your own good. I never believed it. <laughs> Took me a while till I had my own kids. I don't know that I ever told Tim. I should have. Tim, this is, this is for your own good, son. I didn't want to make a sinner out of him. He wouldn't have believed it. But here's what I want you to get. In the moment of desperation, when you're ready to give up, I want somebody to shout on hallelujah here in a minute. When you're ready to give up and you get to the place that you say, I can't take it anymore, and it's the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them walking on the lake. And your moment of desperation, when you have reached your, let me use this phrase, wits in, all of a sudden, guess who showed up? Jesus, the Son of God. Somebody shout hallelujah, amen. He showed up. Why does he do that? They've been fighting the storm for at least nine hours. You say, why does he wait to the last minute? Because if he showed up, if he showed up when it just started raining and the wind went to blowing a little bit, you wouldn't learn anything. You wouldn't grow in faith. You say, oh, thank God, not much pain there. 
But if it gets to the place that it gets to the place that you're at desperation and you've been at it long enough and you're ready to just throw your hat up and say, I can't take it anymore. Jesus said, okay, now, now that you're out of the way, I can come in supernaturally and do it. He says in John 14, 28, I will not abandon or leave you as orphans in the storm. I will come to you. And so here's what I know. When we're in a storm and we're going under financially or any other way, and we're just like a ping pong ball here and there and here and there, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. And when you're going through that, and it seems like I'm losing ground. Simon says, and I'm backing up. How do you know he's coming? Let me tell you the simple, simple answer. Because he said so. If he said, I will be there. Amen. I will be there. You can bless God, count on it. And then here's the second thing. When, when is he going to come? Most of the time in the ninth hour. Can anybody relate to that? In that ninth hour, he comes. Wow. He comes walking on the water, walking on the white caps. So here it is. Jesus shows them his true identity. Who's out there? When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. And they said, they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. They thought, well, maybe he's a prophet. Maybe he's a teacher. Maybe he's, a, you know, maybe he's a, a good priest or something. But he wanted to show them, hey, I am a teacher. I am a priest. I am a shepherd. But I am the son of the living God. How do you know what it says? He says, take courage. This is what he said. Take courage, it is I. You know what he say if you interpret the Greek to what he said to them when they said, who in the world are you? Take courage, it is I. Do you know put that in the Greek? Here's what it means. I am. I am. Take courage, it is I. Know what he said. I am. What did he tell Moses? You tell Pharaoh boy, I am. Amen. You tell him, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the vine. I am the healer. I am the shepherd. I am the truth. I am the resurrection. You understand there is no other power greater than me. I got my eye on you. I'm counting every step. Nothing is going to harm you that will be outside my will. If you stay committed, thy will Will be done. You will see miracles come to pass. So what do I need to do? I need to have courage because Jesus is with me. Now try this on for size. Here we go. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is when you move ahead in spite of your fears. Delta, you understand that? Courage is moving ahead in spite of your fears. My Lord, God. You want me to step out into this ministry? You want me to give that kind of gift? You want me to go into that place to witness? God, do you realize? You realize who you're talking to? Yeah. God said, I've counted your steps. I've been interceding and praying for you. I'm telling you what to do. 
Now watch what will happen when you take that courage and you turn it from fear into faith. You won't ever be sorry because Jesus said, I am with you. Courage is when you do the right thing even though you're scared to death. And then you take a risk of faith. John and Mark leave out the detail of Peter walking on the water. They didn't put it in their gospel. But Matthew did. Matthew recorded Jesus walking on the water. It's Peter who said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. What a rush that must have been. Wow. I'm out of the boat. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. What did Peter, what was Peter trying to do? He wanted to be sure that it was Jesus and not a ghost. He was not doubting that he can walk on the water if it's the Lord. If it's the Lord, I can walk on the water. Now, here's a good principle. It's safer to be with Jesus out of the boat than to be in the boat without Jesus. In the boat, old ship of Zion, stay focused on Jesus. Stay focused. I'm, I've got the, what, what, when Peter looked around at the high waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. He was good till he took his eyes off Jesus. He started looking at his pain, his problem, the lack of his bank account. He started looking at the depth of his sickness. He started looking at the doctor reports. Every time, every time you look at your circumstances, you take your focus off God. And you get depressed and unbelief sneaks in. While you're in the storm, don't doubt. What does that mean? You need to believe your beliefs. And you need to doubt your doubts. Doubts are meant to be doubted and beliefs are meant to be believed. How do you know he's coming? Because he said so. How do I know the rapture is going to take place? Because he said so. Hallelujah. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye. How do I know? Because he said so. And if he said so. It will, in fact, come to pass. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Now, notice he didn't say you of no faith. He said you of little faith because Peter got out of the boat and exercised his faith. You of little faith. What did you do? You took your eyes off. Finally, it's important to praise God. There's an old song that you sing many years, praise him, praise him, praise him in the morning, praise him at the noontime, praise him, praise him, praise him till the sun goes down, oh, said, now praise him, praise him. You understand? Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. You know what? You can either worry or worship. You can either panic or you can pray. You can either tremble or you can trust. You can either be fearful or you can have the faith. When Jesus climbed in the boat, 
I said, when Jesus climbed in the boat, the wind died down. <laughs> there were those in the boat worshiping him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Truly, you are the son of God. Hallelujah. You are the son of God. Hallelujah. Here's what I, here's one of the points I thought, of, and I, I shared this. In other words, uh, the waves were blowing so hard, just batting that boat around everywhere. And Jesus is walking on the waves, on the, on the, on the, on the caps of the waves. Here's what I want to tell you, that, that whatever is over your head, there, it's under Jesus' feet, amen? Whatever it is that's bogging you down, pushing you down, remember, they're not over his head. He is the son of the living God. He walks on your trouble. He walks on your difficulty. And if you release him, he will do more than you could ever imagine. <laughs> My Lord, I believe you believe it. Amen. Here's a Joel Osteen. Do you, repeat, you receive it? I know that you do. Would you stand? Let's give the Lord a clap offering. I'm there. Hallelujah. But I, you know what? I, I got a word of encouragement this morning. Pastor, I appreciate all you do. And the word just want to encourage you today. You might say, you don't need that. You know why most people say you don't need it? Because I'm, I'm a pretty positive person and show a lot of courage and try to do that. I mean, you don't want to pastors. I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think, I tell you, it's been so hard, so difficult. Y'all just need to pray for me. Get rid of him. I want somebody who's going to say, you can make it even though you think you can't. Amen. We're going to go. We're going to go. And that brings me to the attention to October's Pastor Appreciation Month. We have some of the greatest pastors in the world on our staff. All of them are top level. When you see them, go ahead and give them a hand. When you see them, let them know how much you love and appreciate them. If you want to go the extra mile, give them a little thank you card and say, love you, pray for you, etc. If you want to go the extra mile, borrow money from one of your neighbors and give it to them. Amen. Now, here's what I know. We are now, we are now at this moment. Some of you listening online, you're not right with Jesus. You've been functioning in rebellion and disobedience, and you know it. You've been running away from God, specifically to someone listening. You're running away from God. Some of you have been hiding. Think that you're hiding from God. He knows every heartbeat. He knows every step. He knows every concern. He knows how much your margin is between your profit and your loss. Next week, he knows it. He has what you need because he is the son of God. And some of you in this room, you need a renewal. You need a little touch from the Lord Jesus that renews your faith. You've gotten a little wobbly. 
You've gotten a little apathetic. Some of you gotten, woe is me. Woe is me. You see, when you understand the key principles of God and who you have in your heart, the ruler of the universe, you won't ever have to say, woe is me when you got Jesus in your life. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to let's bow our heads and let's repeat this prayer live here in the audience. And those of you online watching out there, you can say it out loud or say it in your heart. But I want everybody, if you please wouldn't mind, to let's say it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Father God, I desire to repent. I am asking you right now to come into my heart. Take all my sins away. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Father, I'm looking to you to believe you for a miracle, a miracle that I need now. It is a spiritual miracle. I need you to tell me. I need you to show me what it means to live for you. I will trust you with my very being. I want to thank you, God. During my rebellious way, you still have been with me. I've come to the realization that you guarded my life when I was unworthy and I was out of bounds. You still swept in and gave me favor. So I rejoice now because I believe by faith. I am forgiven. You are the son of the living God. Thanks for rescuing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, one more time. Let's do it together. For those of you, you said, you know what? I really did something monumental. There's a card in the pew in the front of you. I made a decision to commit my life to Christ or to renew my commitment to Christ. You can put your name there. We want to communicate with you. For those of you that are online and you're looking and you're at home, if you look there, you'll find online there's a place for comments. Or in fact, you not only can give us the information, we want to help you. We want to encourage you to do what we cannot do by the grace of God. And if you do that, here's what we know. If you text 863-400-1226, that's all you need to do. 863-400-1226. Then my friend, we're going to see. Here's what, why am we doing that? Because I am sick and tired of putting every effort out there and not giving us because of COVID. We, we don't come in the altars right now, but giving the devil an opportunity not to press a person to say, take the next step. And those of you watching online, there'll be a video that's gonna show up as soon as I'm done here. You pay attention to that and follow it. For those of you that are here, I wanna say you're the best looking congregation on a rainy day that I have ever seen, amen. I love you and then be careful, honor God. They're going to continue to worship as you leave now. Thank you. Sing, come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is our
Thank you for joining us online. Join us back this coming Wednesday. Have an awesome day.